0: winning's hard, really really hard. Well, welcome back to another Winning is Hard podcast Friday edition, Cameron Parker alongside Wes Scott Ebert's. Um, Texas has been in the news a lot this week, Wes Scott, but not for uh, not for some good things.
1: No, not at all. Um, after Monkey Gate, uh, there's a report that came out, you know, on Wednesday from a couple different uh, sources that Joshua Moore had an altercation uh, with the Texas coaches, including Steve Sarkeesian on Wednesday. Uh, the initial thought was that that might put his availability in question uh, going into, th- into uh, Saturday's game in Ames. Uh, fortunately, that wasn't the case. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian said during his Thursday media availability that Joshua Moore is available and um, kind of downplayed the significance of that incident. Um, He said that, you know, it was mainly a matter of, uh, you know, Texas coaching their players hard. Um, He noted that since he's kind of known as a a quote-unquote players coach, there's a perception that he doesn't coach his players hard. Um, He pushed back against that and – yeah, he, he pushed back against that. And so Joshua Moore will be available. And it um, you know, seems like a situation where uh, maybe some frustration from the recent losses and uh, maybe a little bit of immaturity from uh, Joshua Moore kind of bubbled over in practice.
0: Yeah, we, we don't know the context of what happened. He could have had a bad practice. He could have been dropping balls, fumbling balls, who knows? And the coaching staff was just getting on him. We don't really know the context of, you know, why he was fed up. And also, is this just a story because Texas
1: has lost three games in a row? I think that magnified it a little bit. um You know, certainly... When when, um, you know, the losses start to pile up, um, I think so an incident like this could, um, you know, easily get read as, you know, the team falling apart or or some, you know, strife behind the scenes. Um, according to what Steve uh, Sarkisian said on Thursday, um, you know, that wasn't the case. Yeah. And this is a
0: receiving unit that, of course, no Jordan Winnington. He's out for. Indefinite amount of time. Of course, Troy Mary's out for the season. Jake Smith transferred out. Malcolm Epps, who's now getting some reps at USC, he also transferred out. So a lot of bad stories this week. And another story that we talked about on um, Monk on Mo- Monday on Monkey is the the Monkey Business story. Of course, with Jeff Banks, his wife, pole assassin, emotional support monkey, Gia um, Sark came right out. Was asked about it directly in the press conference today, and he had a he had a pretty short. In sweet, concise answer, Westcott.
1: Yeah, he said it's it's not a distraction, and um, he doesn't coach. He doesn't talk about his coaches, uh, you know, private matters, uh, publicly.
0: And again, is this just a story because Texas has lost three in a row?
1: I think it's a story because it's ridiculous, <laughs> and it, uh, incapsu- it encapsulates. Um, the ridiculous side of college football that's uh you know one of the reasons why it's so endearing and so many people love it so much.
0: Something about Texas coaches in strip clubs has been a theme the last two
1: uh last two head coaches and their coaching staff. So um I think I would guess I don't think that's really just a, a Texas thing. I think um I think coaches they spend a lot of time on the road and um I get the impression that, that um, you know, it's, it's probably a thing across, um, across the, the, um, you know, college football industry. And, um, I bet there are a lot of good people out there with, uh, a lot of good strip club stories about college coaches. Oh, a hundred percent.
0: There's so much that we don't know that, you know, won't come to the light of the day, but think about Alabama right before Nick Saban, Mike Price, perhaps the greatest strip club story of all time, you know? <laughs> I don't remember that story. What was really? So uh, Mike Price, of course, hired by Alabama. Um, I think he was in Tuscaloosa for a few days, went to a strip club. Uh, Obviously, the other members there recognized him. He was buying drinks for everyone at the strip club, um, trying to get strippers and dancers to come back to his hotel room, even though he was married. Alabama found out and he never coached a game at Alabama after being hired. He was in and out very briskly. It's a great story. Sports Illustrated has a a very great feature on it um, from the revolt. I think it's like 2003 when this happened. I urge you to check out the story. It's incredible.
1: And, uh, you know, if anybody has any any good uh, stories about coaches and strip clubs, uh, tip us off, off, drop them, drop them in the comments uh, when this goes up.
0: Yeah, Best Strip Club and Best Monkey Stories. Let's just devote a podcast to it because uh, after after Saturday, who knows? We may not want to talk about Texas football ever again, but let's go ahead and get into it. Wes got Iowa State, Texas traveling up to Ames for a Saturday night game. I think Texas plays Iowa State at night every single season. Um, but well, what, what are you thinking about here as we get ready for this game Saturday? What's caught your eye, this critical Road game test for this Longhorns team that's lost three in a row.
1: Yeah, I think the number one thing is, um, you know, if if they can avoid, if they can get a ten point lead and not blow it, that would be good. <laughs> but uh, no, Brees uh, uh, Hall, you know, um, not too, if he's if he's not the best running back. I I think Bijan Robinson kind of settled that discussion. Um, you know, if he's, if Brees Hall isn't the best running back, he, he's certainly very close to Bijan. Um, that was actually the comparison, uh, that Steve Sarkeesian made when he was asked about Brees Hall today. Um, another very versatile guy, very productive this season, uh, t- uh t- like Texas, Iowa state, you know, is a run first team. Um, I, I don't think that they have, you know, a ton of explosiveness in the passing game right now it certainly can you know control the ball with uh, the talented um, tight ends that they have but um, you know Texas needs to be able to slow down Bruce Haller. it's going to be another game where uh, the defense spends a lot of time on, on the field and you know potentially suffers some of those mental breakdowns that they've been experiencing in the second half and you know Sark had an interesting point today about you know how it's not just about getting you know the run fits right you know something that texas has had a lot of uh trouble with this year um, but it's also about if you're in the right position um you have to win you know your one-on-one matchups and, and beat blocks and uh you know be violent with your hands and uh that's something that i think you know particularly you know demarvian Overshawn um you know has, has struggled with a lot this season and
0: if you're building a team The beat texas i feel like it's going to look a lot like the iowa states the baylors the oklahoma states just a very run first offense they're not going to try and gash it for 20 30 yards right from the gate but eventually by that fourth quarter, they're going to try and wear you down. And that's what happened against the better game. I thought the Texas rush defense did a you know a pretty good job. And then they gave up that dagger touchdown to Abram Smith with that 30-yarder in the fourth quarter. That was eventually the go-ahead touchdown. And I you know think the same way we're going to see this Iowa State game is Brees Hall is going to get a lot of maybe – one or two-yard carries and slowly four-yard carries, six-yard carries, and then bam, by the fourth quarter, he might rip off a, a big run. He's got a 75-yard touchdown run, has a 70-yard touchdown run, and a few more over 30, 40 yards. So it just sets up that, you know, we talk about complimentary football. Well, this Texas defense, the bend don't break style, unless this offense can get rolling, I think that by the second half, it's gonna be the same story as the Baylor and Oklahoma State game. I don't, I don't know, Are, do you see anything that, that
1: could say I'm wrong? Yeah, I think a big key for Texas, um, you know, when you're talking about defending the running game is being able to get some of those negative plays, uh, some of those zero or or one yard gains. You know, a lot of times this year, Texas has been in pretty good position to make some of those plays and guys just maybe not, not being able to get off a block, uh, maybe just a little bit out of position, uh, just not being able to really finish the tackle. You know, Texas ranks seventh, in the big 12 and tackles for loss this year. Uh, 46, they're four behind um, Iowa State at number six. Uh, So Texas just needs to be able to inflict some more of those negative plays. Uh, And that's, uh, you know, with the bend but don't break style, you know, those negative plays are are so crucial to being able to uh, shorten some of those drives and and get off the field uh, without allowing, you know, those long um, sustained efforts from opposing teams. And a good stat that I found that will be out in um, my
0: opponent preview article also on Friday, according to BCF, is that... I would say it does average seven yards per play, but a quarter of their plays gain 10 yards or more. That's 25%. And that's, that's seventh best in the nation. So their offense, you know, it's not very explosive, not very high powered, but they're able to, you know, to, to wear you down emotionally and physically to where they, you end up
1: giving up those, those big plays. And I think that's what hurts Texas the most. Yeah, no question about that. They've, you know have those moments as we kind of alluded to earlier where you know they've they've held in and then held in there mostly you know have the team you know in a position to win games and then there's just those one or two plays late in the game you know Abram Smith's run uh we talked about the poor run fit by Jaron Thompson uh as uh, Tark likes to say kind of spit out there on Texas. Um Got to make sure that those those runs uh, don't spit out because Brees Hall is a guy that can you know really make Texas pay if he gets into the open field. Do you
0: think we're going to see a lot of changes defensively with personnel in this game? Do you think PK finally is going to make an adjustment? Do you think he's going to stick with this bend-don't-break style and, but
1: maybe kind of usher in Adam Moore a little bit more, Josh Thompson, the safety spot? What do you think? Yeah, I think it might be uh, more in terms of personnel than rather than changing the defensive structure. Uh, I think it's possible uh, to see a little bit more Brendan Schooler than we have in the last few weeks. He's now the co-starter listed ahead of Jaron Thompson. Uh, Chris Adam Warren did play, you know, a little bit more last week against Baylor than he did previously. Uh, I'm not sure about uh, Josh Thompson, but you know, possible uh, Iowa State likes to run. Um, some heavier personnel packages with multiple tight ends. Uh, Texas typically responds in those cases uh, by going to a, a true 3-4 defense, taking the nickel back off the field. So it's possible in those situations, depending on how well Anthony Cook is doing, um, adjusting to that position. Uh, he's listed as a third team safety this week on the depth chart, but um, in, in instances where the nickel has to come off, he's been playing well enough that uh, if he – is assignment sound in the back end? I think he might be able to get some opportunities in those situations as well. Not many
0: teams on first down will have five linemen and then two blocking tight ends out there and give the ball to their running back. That's Iowa State's type of football, that smash mouth type of football, and they're going to try and do the same thing against Texas on Saturday. As so now we look ahead to the, the Iowa State defense, that that three three five look, the you know the inverted safety it's a a very experienced defense nine returning starters and they have a loaded secondary class what have you seen from Matt Campbell's defense this year all over the field
1: yeah I think as you mentioned it is uh, an experienced group I'm surprised that they haven't been playing a little bit better um, especially you know giving up 38 points to a West Virginia offense uh, that isn't exactly known as, as being one of the most effective wide-open attacks in the Big 12. This is kind of in looking through uh, most of the, um, you know, defensive numbers for Iowa State. Uh, they're kind of, you know, probably the maybe the third or fourth best defense in the Big 12. Um, Oklahoma State and Baylor kind of taking those top two spots in most of those categories. Uh, Iowa State number 25 nationally in SP+. Plus, uh, 17 offensively, um, a little bit better than than expected, I think. But, obviously – uh Brees Hall, you know, does a lot of that. Brock Purdy, um, you know, has been playing a little bit better the last few weeks after his terrible performance against Iowa. Um, you know, we're really a, a little bit surprised that this defense, you know, isn't more of like a, a top 20 or a top 15 group, um, you know, given how hard it is to run the ball against that three safety look. And then just the amount of, you know, experience that they, that they have and, you know, the amount of uh, continuity as well. Uh, running that same scheme under uh, John Heacock for a few years now.
0: And the game plan for West Virginia in that game last week, I I liked it a lot. It was – they knew Iowa State was going to try and take away the run. And so what they did with Dakey was those those out routes, those 10-year out routes, they were open the entire game. I mean, they were wide open. He threw for, I believe, a career best, 370 yards, 350 yards, which is – if you watch, you know, nothing against Daye, but like, you know, you wouldn't peg him for nearly getting to four hundred, but he worked those uh, routes out to the outside of the boundaries very well. I think that's that's a good look for this Texas team. And on deep throws too in the second half, I would stay try to move that linebackers up just a little bit closer, try to take away those short throws and Daye was three for three on um, passes over 20 yards in that second half for over 100 yards passing. So I think there there's some room here for this Texas defense to take advantage. I said the same thing against the Baylor game. And Texas tried to um, convert it with Worthy on the deep ball. Joshua Moore had that drop. Uh, Thompson missed Worthy a second time out of bounds. But I, I think that you know the Texas offensive passing attack has a chance to thrive in this game.
1: Yeah, I'm um, not sure if they're really going to have quite as many opportunities as they did against Baylor. Um, certainly, if they do, um, it's unquestionable that they need to do a better job um, taking advantage of them. I'm kind of interested uh, you know, in how Iowa State decides to play Texas. Uh, they're a team that doesn't, because of their three-safety look and how quickly guys can – Uh, Run that alley and and fit in uh, behind that defensive front. I think they're able to stop the run a lot of times without really bringing one of those safeties down closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, I think how they play their cornerbacks. um, You know, if they're if they're playing in soft coverage, I think you know Texas does definitely uh, need to take advantage of that. And it could be another game where uh, the Longhorns use the run pass option um, as as a big part of the offense as they did last week against the Bears. Do you think it would be smart if, if Sark, not, not not abandons the run,
0: but West Virginia kind of, they, they passed first, they went pass first in this game, kind of away from their offensive philosophy with, with Letty Brown. Do you feel like that's what Texas will have to do, at least to start this game against Iowa State, or, or what do you think is the
1: right game plan here? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the good thing about uh, run-pass options is that, you know, you take what the defense is giving you Um Obviously, it would be preferable. I I think the the number one preferred game plan would be to just be able to hand the ball to Bijan on almost every down, you know, like they did against TCU and kind of impose their will on the Iowa State defense. Um, I think the Iowa State defense is is too good to be able to do that against them. And so that's why I think that the run pass option will be um, a big part of the offense uh, this week because – Um, You know, it keeps Texas from kind of fruitlessly pounding the ball into the line of scrimmage if it isn't working. And, and, you know, as I mentioned, kind of can take what the defense is is giving them and and take advantage um, if Iowa State is is giving them, you know, a little bit of room outside for those wide receivers. Will this be a first one the 20 wins type of game? I think it'll probably be more in in the high 20s. Oh, high 20s. Oh, man. And kind of how that uh, the game was against Baylor last week. But, you know, obviously this year you've been off pretty far in, in some of those type of predictions. So always hard to tell how the how the game unfolds. Um, you know, turnover big play on special teams can um, you know, really change the complexion. And so um, you know, Iowa Iowa State, you know, has had some of those issues, you know, on special teams. Um overall, they're uh, ranked number fifty-two nationally. So Uh, more towards, you know, the average side than than actually being really bad. But, you know, after Tristan Ebner had that, uh, you know, big touchdown return um, against Baylor, um, that makes me interested to see if, you know, maybe Deshaun Jameson on a kickoff return or a punt return uh, can can find a little bit of space and make the type of game-changing play that he did last year in that Oklahoma State game. Can we get Keelan Robinson
0: on on kickoff and, and punt returns just to see what he could do? Is that too much to ask for?
1: I don't know that it really makes sense to, um, you know, to take Deshaun Jameson out, but. Yeah, for uh, sure. But, you know, certainly it would be nice to see, you know, Keelan Robinson more and involved on the offense. You know, he was out there, um, you know, on that first drive against Baylor, kind of mostly serving as a decoy. And then um, I believe only had, what, one touch in that game? Mm-hmm. Yep, one touch for, yeah, he fell down on the uh, on the uh, fly sweep that he had. go lost his foot
0: Yeah, definitely a sneaky special teams game on Saturday. Texas special teams has been pretty good. Cameron Dicker is one of the best punters in the country, and you wouldn't really know it from just watching him, but believe he leads the country in net average, which is ridiculous considering he's a kicker. And Brian Bujeski, who was supposed to be, of course, the punter for Texas, still hasn't returned this year. No update on him. But Texas, the most amount of points they scored against Matt Campbell, do you know?
1: uh 21 22
0: 20 27 in 2016 first year that matt campbell coached against texas
1: i think that was that was before they um they put in this flyover defense that they're playing as well yeah. that was the only i believe losing season
0: under matt campbell they went three and nine and then have won at least seven games since then, including a 9-3 season last year, and have beat Texas the last two times by a combined five points. Of course, last year was Cameron Dicker's 52-yard field goal that missed by, what, uh, a hair, an inch? Yeah, it was pretty close. I think it might have been longer than that, actually. And then 2019 was uh, the loss to In-Aims, that fourth-and-goal, the Ellinger rolled around and found Malcolm Epps in the back of the end zone. That, was, that might have been the greatest Sam Unger play of his career. I think it's I think it slept on. Yeah, no question. It was uh, 58. 58 okay, football. 58, 52, yeah. Um, what's your – any predictions on Saturday or are you just saying away?
1: Yeah, no more predictions.
0: I feel like Texas football is like um, that toxic – girlfriend that you have that your friend's are like, yo come on, bro, you gotta stay away. She's not good for you. No, no, man, man, it's just she's running through a rough time. Don't worry, man. She's not like that usually. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse. Um I feel like, do we have to cut off Texas football after this loss on the against Iowa State if they do lose? I've already mentally prepared for the loss, but Yeah, it might be necessary to to gain a little bit
1: more emotional distance from it. Just in time for them to win three straight, right? Against Kansas State, <laughs> West Virginia. Yeah, Kansas. well, I mean, they're going to need to run off some wins if they lose this weekend just to get bowl eligible. This is, you know, certainly a team that that needs those practices sitting at four and four right now.
0: Is West Virginia good? I, I, I can't tell. I wrote them off, and then they've won three in a row since uh, that players-only meeting. Two in a row. They've won two in a row since the players-only meeting.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They they seem a, a little bit inconsistent. One of the harder teams in the Big Twelve to figure out.
0: They have Oklahoma State this week, then at K State, Texas, and then Kansas. That uh, that trip to
1: Morgantown looks scarier and scarier by the week. Yeah, it's starting to look more like um, more like it did earlier in the season when they played Oklahoma. Well,
0: any other thoughts here on on the Cyclones before? Um... Before we wrap up
1: weird things happen tonight and ames so yeah. be prepared
0: yes sir well winning is hard against iowa state the last two years winning is hard for, for texas football but you know what's not hard listening to this podcast we thank you for listening as always and if you have any mailbag questions please drop a comment below or hit us up on twitter westcott thanks for the time man
1: yep you have a good one tim you too So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.